This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We say hello uh, to the Delaware Valley. Great show on tap for uh, our listening audience tonight, Jay Doc. I want to start the show, though, and I want to begin the show just with a uh, shout-out. They played Friday Night Football Under the Lights last night, uh, Jay Doc, in Norristown. Cheltenham and Norristown played high school football uh, on Friday night uh, for the very first time. Uh, and a shout out to IBEW Local 98 and John Doherty, who donated all of the lights for the stadium and all of the um, pa- all of the manpower behind making that and delivering that to Norristown. All done, no charge, courtesy of the IBEW. Absolutely, man! It was an amazing festive atmosphere up there, and certainly, um, it's 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 kudos to Local 98 North. Uh, for a great job, job well done. Um, yeah, good stuff certainly by uh, Doc. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, presented by Pond Lahaki, driven by Chapman Ford and our good friend Jim Stevenson up on the boulevard, who has been serving the union community for 34 years now uh, with some unconditional support and, of course, fueled by the Sinesta Hotel, where we will be, Jay Doc, uh, next week for another one of our Labor Leader Roundtables. Got a great fall uh, lineup of shows, beginning with show number two uh, tonight of our special series here in September. Yeah, uh, tonight's show two of our four-show uh, op- uh, series on the opioid epidemic. Uh, we're discussing a national epidemic that has hit our cities, our neighborhoods, and our families. And we got a phenomenal show tonight. We're going to talk to our labor leaders. We're going to talk to our professional athletes. And we're going to talk to, to a couple of attorneys who, are, who, on behalf of labor, are filing suit against Big Farm for, in many ways, uh, resulting in the epi- opioid epidemic in a lot of our union members. So we got an amazing show tonight. And that topic and certainly that discussion is in the in the news. A billion-dollar settlement uh, was recently awarded, and then the Attorney General of the state of Pennsylvania announced uh, a suit as well against the same company. So that is in the news. Uh, we've t- we're timely. We don't just have a couple of attorneys, but we have a couple of key attorneys, key players uh, in that deal. Absolutely. We're going to start off the show, Joe. We're going to talk to one of our labor leaders, Frank Halber, uh, District Council 33, Local 1637. Not his first rodeo, Frank, right, brother? You've been in he's a veteran. Before, right? He's a veteran of the show, and he's Frank is fighting the opioid epidemic and addiction on the front lines for those union members in need. And uh, uh, welcome back to the show, Frank. Joe, Joe, thank you, guys. Uh, you are doing an uh, amazing job here, and, and I appreciate you having me back. Well, we appreciate you being here. And if you would, uh, Frank, tell us your story and why you're so passionate about fighting addiction and the opioid epidemic here in Philadelphia. Well, Joe, I, I've been clean and sober for over 22 years through uh, the grace of God and uh, the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I was misguided young man. Um and uh, I, I walked into an AA room kicking and screaming, uh, and they kept saying to me, keep coming back. 
so I thought they were a little off their rockers. Um, and they were, I was right, but I was, I was off my rocker. And again, um, they taught me, they taught me a, a way of living without uh, drinking and drugging. That uh, my biggest deficit at one time is my biggest asset now. I mean, I sit here, um, I represent about approximately 1,300 city workers. And the God's honest truth is there was a time I couldn't represent myself. Um, left my own wills, uh, I'm, I'm screwed. But uh, um, again, through the help of many, many great men that are, a lot of the guys I hang out with are, are, are blue-collar labor guys. Sure. And uh, with their help and their guidance and uh, a smack in the head every once in a while, sure. um, I've been able to carry this on one day at a time. That's where my love comes from. I mean, this is a labor of love. And and having that experience, Frank, being where you were and where you're now, does that give you the uh, an opportunity and the experience you need when you're talking to somebody who's walking down that same path? It absolutely does, Joe. Uh, and the way nobody wants – there's a snake about addiction. It's a weakness. It's not a weakness. Uh, I mean, I, I, I truly believe it's, it's genetics, uh, environmental, behavioral. I mean, it was the only trifecta I've ever hit. Hmm. Um and I, when I talk to people, I tell them about my own experience. Put them at ease. And so they know you're not, you're not the only one going through this. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully by sharing my story with them, it takes the pressure off of them. And they hopefully are, 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 are more comfortable. So uh, that's, that's where what, I'm What from. is it for those, of, uh, for, for those people who have never been there? And, you know, you said some people think it's a weakness, but they've never been there. They've never walked those shoes. How hard is it to overcome for people who don't understand? And how possible is it to overcome? It's possible to overcome. And let me tell you, it was harder getting sober than it is staying sober. you got to understand, I, I come from a lower northeast, Rodinson Avenue, a row home. My father was a man of the 1950s. Um, he told me a lot of right things, but there were some wrong things we have learned along the way, too. Uh, you work hard, you drink hard, that kind of uh, BS. Right. But you know what? By the, time, by the time I was in my 20s, I believed this. You know what I mean? And again, the men that helped me out were guys I knew out on the street. I mean, they weren't quitters. They weren't punks. They were tough cats. And uh, I, I thank God for them. But by one of them guys that I knew out on the streets tell me, there's a way here. That, that made me interested. You know what I mean? And, uh, and these same men, I mean, there were nights, they'd walk me around my block after dinner because I was anxious. I didn't know what to do. The support system. Oh, it's a... And, and I always wondered, um, you know, AA, uh, one day it, it dawned on me, a friend of mine, how important it was because you're replacing one support system, one group of friends for another a more productive one. How important is that? It is important. It's very important. In, in my case, the neighborhood I came from was filled with alcoholics and drug addicts. I mean, uh, sure. uh, I, the day Mine I walked too. in there, yeah, I could still look down the corner of the bar and say, that guy's worse than me. But again, what I, would lo- what I was taught was compare yourself to yourself. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Once I got that, and, once, and honestly, once I accepted it, I was suffering from alcoholism and admitted it. My life got much easier. I was just getting over that hump that was a little difficult because of because of the way I, everything I've learned 
throughout my young life. Sure. Frank Calper, the president of D.C. Local 1637, kicking us off here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor with the uh, the untold stories, J-Doc, in life are the ones that have the most powerful uh, endings, Frank, and we appreciate uh, you being here. It's timely that you join us tonight. As I- you said, J-Doc, when we came on, Series 2 or Part 2 of a four-part series um, specifically around the union community. Uh, there's the in- Injured Workers Advocacy Program program and there's all of this in front of us um and frank sitting in the chair really brings it home really brings well you have and frank i I, first of all want to say i admire you um you're you're an outstanding labor leader um but you're a leader as much as you're a labor leader and an example what what would you tell those some individual who might be listening to us right now who might be going through what you went through help is a phone call away that's what i'm telling for any city worker uh, in District Council 33, we have t- 12 locals. You call up your, uh, your your union official, and I guarantee you, we have a great employee assistance program. Uh, there's a young lady, Vervetta Everett, that's been running for years. She just retired. Uh, she has helped my members. She has helped my family. She has helped myself, taking a call any, time, any hour of the day. So there is help. Yeah, I mean, faith without works is dead. You got you to gotta put one foot in front of the and, other, and, and it's a phone call away, man. And really addiction is. is addiction, whether it's alcohol, opioids. It's it's uh, the same type of situation, um, to, you know, in, in overcoming it and seeking help. Absolutely, it is. Now, uh, I admire the guys I met back here that are, are fighting big form with this opioid, because I'll be honest with you, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I pass my genes on to my kids. To be real honest with you, I have a son who's who's struggling with that addiction, and uh, um, it's a nightmare, man. I've 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 never witnessed anything like it. I, you can argue with people to say it's the same addiction, one's worse than the other. I don't know the answer to that. I know that uh, uh, I, I know I passed my genes on to him, and I know I played a part in where he's at. I take responsibility for that, and I'm, he's trying to take responsibility now for for himself. So hopefully, with the grace of God and and the support system that he gets it together too. But I have never I drive down Kensington Avenue looking for my son sometimes, which I shouldn't because it puts me in a bad way. It really does. But I see two hundred kids that all look like my son. You know what I mean? It's 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 it, it, it's a terrible uh, it's a terrible situation that I've never seen before, man. Tough words uh, from Frank Halper, uh, president of D.C. Local uh, 1637. Um, I hold you in a high regard, my friend. Absolutely. For, uh, sharing your uh, story tonight. Um, I held you in high regard um, before you came and shared your story tonight. Um, I elevate you up even a little bit higher. Uh-huh. Not because you brought me the T-shirt. And, well done. And uh, thoughts uh, and uh, prayers, uh, Frank. Thoughts yeah. and prayers. Good stuff from Frank Halper, who joins us. Tough story, tough conversation, Jay Doc. Um, but fitting. But it's the real uh, story. For our it's the real story. It is uh, the real story. This is. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The show rolls on on a Saturday night. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Ironworkers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ. 
five on a Saturday night. This about is not giving workers the right to man. organize with so-called right to work. Back here live on a Saturday night. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Bottom of the hour, 735. Uh, Brian Fritz from Fritz Being Cooley is in the uh, studio. We'll introduce you uh, to Brian. Greg Spicer from Anna Paul Weiss, the law firm of Anna Paul Weiss, uh, will join us. We're in studio uh, with Frank Halper, president of D.C. Local 1637. Todd Harriman is here, special guest online. J. Doc, I turn it all over to you, sir. Yeah, uh, thanks, Joe. Uh, I'm happy to bring back on the program Todd Hermans and, and Riley Cote, uh, longtime professional athletes in the city of Philadelphia, but also owners of Body Check Wellness. Um, and uh, we've had, recently we've been talking about pain and addiction, and uh, these guys are on the front lines of that. First of all, Todd, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for having me. Riley, how are you, sir? Do we no, have Riley? Right. All right. Uh, it's great to have you guys here, of course. Um, first of all, let, 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 let's talk about uh, pain. Uh, Todd, is it safe to say uh, that many pro athletes suffer from chronic pain after they retire or even before they retire? I would say it's safe to say that every pro athlete suffers from chronic pain during and after they're done playing. You know, I've heard recently some pro football players talking about, you know, being interviewed, some 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 guys that were retired that said that you rarely are at 100% when you're playing in a game. Yeah, uh, 100% is reserved for like the first week of training camp <laughs> when you've been, uh, you know, training all offseason without the contact and stuff. But as soon as you get into live scrimmaging and training camp and you have your first sprained ankle or, or – twisted wrist or, or just something you know you're just trying to get through and historically speaking um how have they treated pain before the natural alternatives that you guys are involved with right well i mean they have their guidelines of, of what they have to stay inside of you know the doctors are, are told what they're allowed to prescribe to the the players through the nfl and what the nfl allows them to use so um you know, typically, I'm not sure what it's at now. I think it's really probably hard to get um, opioids through the NFL now. Um, they've been, I think, they've been putting a crackdown on it. But um, when I was playing, that was it: is getting uh, painkillers, sleep medicine, um, anti-inflammatories, like powerful stuff too that people get. You know, after back surgeries and just stuff that can get your body to calm down enough from the the pain and inflammation to get you back out on the field. Riley. Uh Tell me about your experience when it came to recovering, uh, you know, with pain and, you know, during the season when you were playing. Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, the daily grind of life is enough. And then, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was fighting 30, 35 times a year on top of playing hockey. So it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was tough to manage. I mean, I had been introduced to cannabis, uh, you know, like lucky enough early on in my life. So I was leaning on that um, a lot of times, but you, you get into, stuck into these holes of, you know, managing pain with uh, you know either over the over the counter prescription drugs like Tylenol and Tylenol three ibuprofen that type of stuff uh, anti inflammatories you mix in alcohol um, it gets dark pretty quickly and uh, you know you can see how come there's so much substance abuse um, in, in sports but in society you know what I mean it, sports just mimics society and uh, um, you know thank God that um, that these laws are are passing in the public's favor where you know. Uh, all people have access to these sustainable alternatives now. You know, it would have been a different uh, different animal had I had access to these, uh, you know, these products and all these different delivery methods. I mean, you talk about T 
tinctures, capsules, topicals, uh, you know, you name the delivery system, it's available now, beverages and food. So, um, you know, uh, you know, the current athletes or even just the common man has way more accessibility to these sustainable alternatives than they had previously up until really in the, la- the last year or so legally. And so, uh, guys, let's talk about the, you know, potential for addiction when you're, when you're, when you're relying so much, or especially in the past, uh, and let's specifically talk about the fact that when there, when there was no real uh, alternatives, but when you're relying uh, on uh, painkillers uh, and those strong medications, uh, how prevalent can it, you know, is, is it fair to say that addiction, your pain management could easily turn into addiction even 100%. for pro athletes? Yeah, I think that it just sneaks up on you without you even realizing it. You know, a lot of people don't know they have an addiction formed until they try to come off of the the medicine that they're on, you know, and then they get the sickness or whatever, the itch to get back on, you know? Um, But I I think there's some crazy statistic. It's, it's like two, seven, two out of seven players that retires from the NFL or something like that has some sort of addiction issue with, with opioids. And that's just insane. If you look at like, that's not even a whole starting roster. Two of those guys are going to, or a whole starting 11, two of those guys are going to have some sort of issue, you know? I mean that's just, it's incredible, um, Riley. Uh, y- your thoughts on y- y- the addiction issue, especially in hockey, especially for those guys that are you know using their fists for a big part of their game and getting hit in the face. Um, does addiction for for you know for those type of injuries uh, occur? Absolutely, and I, and I think what I've seen, and I think the the numbers kind of back it up, is is a lot of these. Um, these addiction cases start with a, a surgery. You know, you, you you either blow out a leg or a knee or or whatnot, and then that's what this, that's what's prescribed um, after your surgery. So you go in there, you know, just as an injured player, and then you come out with uh, you know a, a healed joint or, or body part. But now you're now you're dealing with uh, an addiction. So um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's the surgeries have to happen, but we, you know, we have to we have to change the the the, uh, the approach on how we manage post surgery care, and um, you know, and give these guys a, a highly inf- anti inflammatory pain management tool, you know. And I think that's the catch, you know. A lot of these guys get these addictions uh, after surgery, you know. And I think that that same that same storyline um, is associated with uh, you know what goes on in in, in regular society. Is people get hurt. You go to the doctor, you get surgery, and then you come out, um, you know, with a couple uh, refills of, uh, you know, oxy. And, you know, that's, that's, that's dangerous. Riley Cote joining us here on Saturday Night Live by phone. Todd Harriman's uh, in studio. Frank Halper, President, D.C. Local 1637, along with J-Doc. I'm Joe Krause sitting here uh, at 4th and Market, J-Doc. And I, um, I hate to admit the process tonight, but I'm sitting here and I'm just listening. I don't even want to do a radio show. Sure I just not. want to learn what is being said. I listened to how we started uh, the program tonight uh, in conversation uh, with Frank. Um, I take what... Todd says, um, which is a reality sure. at his level, at the highest level that you can be, um, and Riley, uh, and then I transition what they say and I funnel it down into your effort to help the union community and the union workers all equal the same in this dialogue. So, um, and I want to ask these guys because these guys um, created a company called Body Check Wellness. In about two seconds, I'm going to ask them about that. But I want to say something coincidentally. Yesterday morning, I turned on the TV, and it was a, it was a, a, a documentary 
and I don't know if anybody saw it, but it was, it was called Warning, This Drug Could Kill You. If you're out, Google that, you know, YouTube it. It's unbelievable. Talks about a young girl who fell on a on a porch, who who needed uh, Vicodin. Next thing you know, she's an opioid addict and, and an overdose. It's an unbelievable story, and it's two hours worth of those stories. Uh, guys, tell us real quick about uh, about Body Check Wellness because here's an alternative solution to pain management that is not addicting, that is healthy. Riley, you want to jump on that? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, BodyCheck Wellness is a, is a wellness company specializing in uh, hemp-derived CBD extracts and infused products, um, uh, all grown below 0.3% THC, um, organically grown. And, you know, again, just the, the, the recovery process that I encompass, uh, you know, inflammation, pain, anxiety, and sleep um, seems to be um, what most people are really experiencing with the, uh, these types of products, but um, it, it, it is, um, it, it is um, a product that falls underneath the, the 2018 Farm Bill that's uh, 100% legal across state lines, and uh, there's just a lot of misinformation, misunderstanding about it. Um, you know, hemp is a, a variety of cannabis. It is not marijuana. I think that's the biggest uh, thing people need to, to uh, wrap their head around, but uh, we take pride in the education portion as well as providing a high-quality um, hemp-derived CBD products. And, and, and Todd, um, all CBD products are not the same. No, 100%. Um, <clears throat> they're just like any any product out there. Somebody's trying to, to cut it down, dilute it, mix it with something else, and just throw a label on it and make money off of it. So, you know, you have to go out there and make sure that the products you're buying are, are third-party tested. Um, you can... You know, you can find out that it's legit that way. Uh, all of our products are third-party tested. Um, we're not scared of our process. It's all top to bottom, done the right way, uh, completely organic, pesticide-free, herbicide-free. Um, you know, why would you want to put poison in your body while you're trying to heal yourself? And, and you tell a story where I think your mother um, went from uh, a product, yeah. you know, yeah. like so a, my mother was taking a, a anti-inflammatory as long as I could remember. Um, you know, Motrin 800 in the morning and at night to go to bed um she had degenerative arthritis or something like that um getting older getting things checked on her her kid she found out her kidney function was down sure. um, from taking all these pills all the time so she had to go and look for another option it was right while i was getting involved in in the um cbd space um so we got her on our product um and then you know she just completely flipped switched and it it, it works for her. it works uh, so well that and her kidney function is back to normal. And another side effect was it is um, she doesn't have to take her blood pressure medication anymore because she found out after she started taking CBD for a while that that helped out with her blood pressure too. Frank Halper, let me ask you to weigh in. Um, because like me, you s listen to this segment, you listen to the words of Todd uh, and Riley. Um, I think you're the smartest man in the room in terms of having an opinion on what you hear. Tell me about it, sir. What do you think? Well, Joe, that's not saying much for you. If I'm the smartest guy. <laughs> I might be so. You got me though. You're right. You got me. Surprised he made me any smarter. He's basically talking about me and him. Um, you know what? I I don't know. I I hear what they're saying. I'm not very familiar with this. Um, I, I know some things about about medical marijuana and how it's coming in and 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 where that's going to lead. But uh, you know what? I do. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, and I'm sitting here learning 
just like everybody else. Well, well, that, and it's, a, it's a, about the education. That's one of our, our key components. You have to educate. You have to educate because of the, the stigmas that have been raised and people, just the general lack of knowledge that we have on the, on the plant and the makeup of it. And so that's why we just have to keep banging, banging the drum and educating. Riley, real quick, before we go, tell people where they can learn more about Body Check. Bodycheckwellness.com, and uh, check is C-H-E-K, bodycheckwellness.com. We've got a, a bunch of education uh, videos and just a simple to understand breakdowns of uh, the plant, the product, um, what hemp is, what CBD is, and what it's not. Um, but uh, all very easy to digest, and, um, you know, go check it out because, uh, you know, don't take our word for it, do your research, but uh, it's certainly uh, something to explore. Well done by Riley Cote and Todd Harriman's and uh, Frank, as I say goodbye to you, and I thank you for coming in here on a Saturday night. Uh, I can emphatically say that you are the smartest guy in the room because you spoke on behalf of the entire Delaware Valley. We all need to get educated on the product. And as we go to the break, we remember the words of Todd Harriman. has got to keep knocking on the door. you got to keep uh, educating. We'll get to a commercial break. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, second half of the uh, show, J-Doc, as we roll along and roll to the top of the, uh, the hour. Um, I put out a challenge to uh, Todd Harriman's and to Riley Cote and to Body Check uh, to continue to stay the course and get people educated. You heard Frank in that last segment uh, close up the segment. So, so important to get the listening public uh, educated about the benefits. Absolutely. And we know what's going on with those people out there getting addicted to the painkillers. This is a whole new opportunity. And uh, if anybody uh, has seen it, I guess over the last year or so, uh, some of our unions have have, have sued Big Pharma for the costs of their members um, getting addicted to the opioid epidemic and it's a big deal a lot is going on and i'm really really proud to have a couple of those attorneys that represent those law firms i mean represent those those unions in getting justice for our members and and, and i'd like to welcome brian fritz of the law firm of fritz Cooley and greg spicer of the law firm of anna paul weiss gentlemen welcome to the broadcast thank you for having us thanks for having us it, it's great to have you guys um it's great to to, to look at a couple guys that are that are you know launching some justice here um guys you know how is the opioid epidemic affecting our unions as as a whole that has got us to where we are today so joe um i think if we recap frank stated uh it earlier that it's something that he's never seen before and todd used the term crazy statistics and that's exactly what it is think about this what else throughout all of our lives has impacted friends family um, close ones, neighbors, anybody else, other than cancer. We're talking about drugs here, opioid drugs that affect everybody. In construction, the, uh, the construction industry is twice as likely to have uh, issues with substance abuse on the job site than other uh, industries. The U.S. Surgeon General indicated that the 
U.S. economy is affected by $400 billion a year. And seven in 10 companies relate that they are affected by substance abuse on the job. So in terms of how it's impacting, it's vast, it's everywhere. Correct. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, and unfortunately, it, you know, no one's immune and there's no prejudice. I, um, I come from the Scranton, Pennsylvania area up in the northeast part of the state and there's problems there. So um, union guys up there, people up there. And what unfortunately has happened too is it's, it's not just um, it's not just affecting the unions and their members. Right, you hear about it everywhere. Their family, um, it it it's pervasive. And it's interesting because I mentioned that that show warning this drug may kill you. And one of the girls on there, and her mother, the girl was she, she was going through a heroin, and her mother explained. And the first thing she said was the girl injured. Uh, she had kidney stones or bladder stones, and they gave her Dilaudid. Let me tell you something. They gave me Dilaudid last year for my knee. In three days, and I, and I never, t- I never taken a drug in my life. In three days, I couldn't sleep. So it can happen to anyone. Am I right? Absolutely. Um, and you know, in, in, in thinking about this, it's like almost, you know, when you have, and when we see uh, injury cases where someone has a back injury, there's this hierarchy of treatment. Where first there's physical therapy, then maybe they consider injections, and then they consider surgery. You don't jump in most cases from back injury to surgery. And it's almost like, how come they're the same standard of care doesn't apply? to managing pain. And you have people like Todd come here where they have a product that is not addictive and it's certainly a more conservative way to manage pain. And it's almost that there should be some protocol in place that that replaces or that becomes the standard of care rather than go right to the opioids. Brian, let me follow up and ask you this. I feel as though you're standing at the bottom of the mountain and there's this huge, incredible Grand Canyon in front of you of people that fall into those statistics that you referenced what can you do so it's it's almost that that you have to do something um and from a employer standpoint joe there's something called the osha general duty clause osha doesn't have a specific standard dealing with um substance abuse on the job site but they have a general duty clause where every employer is required to provide a safe workplace so the fact that we have those numbers notice is there it's required that you do something. And it, I think a part of that is it's almost where's the governmental interaction or, 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 or intervention, rather. And, you know, this week we had the e-cigarettes where they're very aggressively looking to ban certain types of e-cigarettes. Well, we have an opioid problem, too. Where is the same level of aggression dealing with that? So if something must be done. You're absolutely right. And what we're involved in is a way or it's a start to at least try to uh, – hold the companies responsible and we've seen over the course of this country a lot of times change isn't done through legislation Um, unfortunately a lot of times change is promoted through lawsuits and showing that certain conduct is wrong underneath what the circumstances are you know you talk we joe we we talked about in the past joe kraus the lawsuits that these big pharmaceutical companies are getting hit with. I mean, Johnson and Johnson and and a couple of these big drug companies, billions of dollars, billions of dollars, and they still and they still don't have disclaimers on the bottle. They're so big. Are we impacting these companies, um, Joe? I, I think I think we are, and I'll tell you why. We, the theme I've heard here tonight a few times is education, and. These lawsuits, which have really gotten a lot of attention over the last couple of years, think about what those lawsuits have done. Just even your story, when you went in for your knee, you now know 
and a lot of people now know that uh, they go in for a wisdom tooth removal or a knee surgery, they're not just going to immediately take that opioid that's prescribed to them. So um, I think the litigation, obviously, we're doing it to try to claw back funds that the unions had to pay and, and, and governments are filing suit. But I think also it just goes to the theme tonight of education, that the there's become a lot of publicity because of them, and hopefully it's raised a lot of awareness. One of, the, one of the things we're going to talk about after it, in the next segment is the actual lawsuits, what you guys are doing on behalf of the unions. Because I remember when I heard John Doherty talk about it and Local 98 was filing suit. It, it, you know, I, I, was, I was happy, obviously, and John's a leader, um, at, you know, because he's going to stick up for his members, um, but also a little bit confused because I didn't know the process. I didn't understand the whole thing. Um, do you see... And and it's a shame also because non-union members who are also uh, who who aren't in unions don't get that representation. They don't have the same resources that we have in labor. So this is a human problem. This is a problem, guys, Brian and, and Greg, um, that can happen to your next door neighbor, to your kid, and you don't even see it coming. Absolutely. Um, and actually, here's one statistic that will will back that up since we're this is inextricably intertwined with statistics. Overdoses is the leading cause of death in in America for people under the age of fifty. I mean, it's actually it's criminal. Is it criminal, guys? Is this, in other words, first of all, Brian, your your law firm, um, you 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 represent injured injured workers, those injured uh, due to the negligence of others. Do you see this issue a lot? And is it criminal? So we, we handle mostly civil uh, sure. uh, matters. In terms of whether that's criminal or not, it's up for the government to make a determination and see whether the criminal code is, is in fact, uh, been violated. What we do see, um, we see a lot, or we have seen, in a spiked increase where we have certain in- accidents that occur. And it has no pl- – there, there's really – you struggle to find a plausible reason as to why it happened, why somebody would just leave the scene to go get lunch or, or – uh, they fell asleep, or it, it, what you tend to come back to, it's not carelessness anymore. You have to factor in, was there drug abuse? Sure. So it's almost coming into every case as a factor of potentially uh, somebody violating what they should have done um, and creating the hazard or the incident. Brian Fritz is in studio with us, along with uh, Greg Spicer. Before we go to the uh, commercial break, Greg, let me give you the last word uh, of the segment. Um, do you feel as though... You have the ability to make a dent in the problem. Yes. I, I don't think we'd be doing it unless we felt we did, and I think it's it's a, a collective effort. But when you look at often change in this country and how things have evolved, often for the good, often it's driven through the court system. And um, I see no difference why the, the court system here, just even as I said before, the education, what these lawsuits have brought about, that's bringing change, it's bringing awareness, and that, to me, is going to make that big dent. And, J-Doc, let me interview you one time. You oh, get 30 wow. seconds, so let me ask you a question. Tie everything together for sure. me now. Sure. Uh, we did a show in August where you announced the Injured Workers Advocacy sure. Program. Um, we stand here uh, three weeks later, or four weeks north of the announcement, uh, Tell the listeners why. And so, I'm only going to give you 35 seconds sure, to do so it, no, but I want you to tie it so all together. Our, our, so our nonprofit Injured Workers Advocacy Program has uh, 
done a, a strategic partnership with Body Check to launch our anti-opioid uh, initiative, Pros for Heroes. Individuals getting together to support and combat the opioid epidemic on the front lines for labor workers, for veterans, for first responders and communities in needs. And We're doing it because we can make a difference. We have the opportunity to do it on the front lines for injured victims, pain-related injured victims, uh, uh, I mean, uh, addicted individuals, that we we can make a difference for, and we're going to do it. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by IOTC Local 8, District 1199C, and the Newspaper Guild. The right-wing conservatives don't have to drive themselves crazy. They can walk there. (laughs) God bless you. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, thanks to all of the listeners, Jay Doc, and all of the members of the union community tuning in tonight, uh, listening to what has been an incredible show, very educational, good stuff, uh, good dialogue, all kicked off by Frank Cowper, who started us up in the uh, top of the hour. Absolutely. And, and yeah, like you said, we have our roundtable show coming up. We've got Buddy Osborne. Um, who's a, an, an acclaimed national advocate and minister um, from Rock Ministries coming up on our shows next week uh, with, uh, from our roundtable show at Sinesta. we got a lot of things we're going to talk about, and we're going to continue our conversation right now uh, with Greg Spizer and Brian Fritz and talking about the, the, the union community and the unions are suing Big Pharma. Tell us about that and how much is, 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 is the opioid epidemic? Give us some, some ballpark figures. How much does it cost in labor? I mean, millions. It, it, it's millions. The, it, I'll, I'll jump in. In terms of the lawsuits, there's uh, the opioid litigation. There's a big federal litigation in Cleveland, Ohio. And then there's a litigation centered here also in Delaware County. A lot of the cases people are hearing about are, have been filed by uh, counties and cities, municipalities, claiming what are called nuisance claims under the law, uh, where they're claiming that there were, because of the epidemic, extra police or fire. Those are separate than the kind of cases we're bringing on behalf of the health and welfare funds. The union cases we're bringing are because uh, the over-marketing, the over-promotion, the over-prescription of these drugs, the health and welfare funds, uh, those insurance dollars paid for those prescriptions, and they paid a lot of money. And our job, what Brian and I are trying to do on behalf of the health and welfare funds that we represent, is to claw that money back and to try to put the monies back in the coffers of the unions because... They spent dollars on prescriptions that likely weren't needed. And then on the back end, uh, when unfortunately members uh, became addicted and they had medical treatment as a result of that addiction, uh, there were costs associated to the unions as well. So uh, very simply, that's kind of the the thrust of the lawsuits. Yeah, you mentioned you were at at our uh, Injured Workers Advocacy Board meeting at Ironworkers Local 401, and you talked about that. I just want to kind of backtrack a second. So you talk about the advertising these big pharmacy companies what that are doing, and, and in some cases, are they misleading people? What, what exactly is it? Yeah, I mean, the allegations, it was kind of a, a wide-ranging way to pr- promote these products. Um, they have, um, there's advertising, there's large sales forces that go out and, and met with doctors and physicians to, to try to, you know, get the physicians to prescribe the drug. There's what's called uh, KOLs or key opinion leaders, and those are when uh, pharmaceutical companies will will retain or consult with doctors who are often very well known in the field who become speakers on the on that particular product, and their voices hold value. Um, so, um, and they would create their own pamphlets. They had their own uh, uh, 
marketing pieces. And when you added all that together, it became uh, very prevalent uh, for opioids to be prescribed. Brian, um, talk about, you know, from the union side, um, the impact that a union takes um, not not any specifically union, but you, you know, you, Greg said millions. Um, is that have to do with uh, you know also the individuals that are that get addicted that go to rehab? I mean, what 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 it entails that? Sure, it, it it actually covers all all those things from the actual not only the drugs but also the treatment that comes after the drugs is all included in that in terms of what um, the unions had to put out uh, depending on the health and welfare fund and. It's not even just the union members, it's the insured lives that are covered underneath that fund as well, um, which now all of a sudden you, you, it can get exponentially larger over the course of time. And it's no secret that there's uh, been an ongoing struggle with labor in terms of the numbers being down as to ultimate union members. So now all of a sudden you have finite amounts of resources now being expended on things that should have never had to have occurred to begin with. But mainly because of, like Greg said, the marketing and the... Um, uh, the tactics taken by these companies to have things uh, prescribed or over-prescribed, which actually, in turn, some of the literature that came out. Um, so they're, they're marketing to doctors, and in some cases, the doctors are kind of carrying out some, um, and, and, and they may be over, over-prescribing some of these drugs that, that, it, that are affecting the members? Yeah, I mean, we, there are, in very few of the cases are doctors being named, but um, you see this, and that the part of the marketing uh, strategy was uh, sales forces to get in front of doctors. And so the doctors prescribe. The doctors prescribe. Of course. Correct. How are the pharmace- the pharmaceutical companies reacting? You talked what you, one of the things I think people might not have gotten. What you said is justice is done and the changes are done in the courtroom. So in other words, they these, these pharmaceutical companies aren't making changes unless they, 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 they you hit their pocketbook. Are they changing? I mean, I know you're, you're having success, obviously. But I mean, and like Joe Krause just said, you know, to Greg, can you make a difference? You said, yeah. Are they getting the Are they making changes? These pharmaceutical companies yet? Are they hearing us? Well, it's it's. I mean, what may be said publicly, and, and what though may be being done, um, there the litigation is still by and large still going on, and obviously they're going to deny the allegations, um, but. Again, the settlements kind of say a little bit, speak for there, themselves. There are some tentative settlements out there, and, and they're, they're not, which is one of the issues about some of the concern with the settlements. There's no admission of wrongdoing right. by certain folks. But again, it goes back to what, what, does, what does litigation do? And in often, in what Brian and I do in civil litigation, it's the education. And what these, I believe, lawsuits have done is raise such awareness in the medical community, in the, in the general community. Um, that it, it, it is making a difference. I hope the insurance companies are listening. I'd like to see them start to cover CBD products for people instead of opioid products. Hope the legislators are listening also. Brian, let me ask you, do the insurance com- or do the um, pharmaceutical companies care? They lose a $1 billion lawsuit. Do they even care? So I think if you step back and you think about what motivated all this, I, that answer lies right there. Morals and ethics, I guess that would come in to, to the issue. Well, listen, guys, I want to thank you for, for, for what you are doing on behalf of labor, 
uh, and, and, and union members who are, who are being, in many cases, uh, are the byproduct of, of, of big pharma, uh, you know, and their marketing plans. So I want to thank you guys for what you are doing. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Thank Where you do guys. you go next, Brian? We've got 30 seconds. Where do you go next? Continue the fight, put the boots on, and keep swinging? Absolutely. Uh, until the problem's resolved. And as long as the claims are, are there to be pursued uh, and the court system's available. Brian Fritz uh, from Fritz Being Cooley in studio tonight. Well done. Keep swinging. I'll buy you a new pair of boots if you need hipsters if you want them. Thank you. Well done. Greg Spicer uh, as well from the law firm of Anna Paul Weiss joining us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Jay Doc, we've got about a minute until we say uh, goodbye. I've, I've got to believe um, one hour into this program and four weeks into the process, um, perhaps body check is the only light in a dark tunnel, uh, I mean, you've got to continue to push forward. So yeah. nice job on your part. No, I appreciate it. And, and I want to thank everybody for being here. Todd Herman's Riley Cote for calling in. Well, go shout out to Britt Mazzagatti over there for, from Body Check. And Frank Halber, um, your words, uh, never truer. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. We want to thank you for being the leader that you are. And, of course, Greg Spicer and Brian Fritz. Uh, keep keep up the great work, everybody. Fantastic. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're presented by Pond La Hockey. We're powered by the Sinesta Hotel, where we'll be next week for our Labor Leader Roundtable. And we're fueled by Jim Stevenson on the Boulevard. On behalf of Jay Doc, on behalf of all all of our listeners. I'm Joe Kraus. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.